What's good, everybody? First, before you listen to this podcast, I just want to say I love you guys and just appreciate with all my heart. Um, I hope everybody's doing super well. I also want to talk about the new hit show, Tea with Gary V. every morning, 9 a.m. Eastern on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Gary, um, Tea with Gary V. 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., two hours of me doing Q&A with people individually the deepest, deepest in-depth that I've ever done, more than Ask Gary V. I'm super excited about it. It's on facebook.com slash Gary every morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. It's a smash if you go on social media, people are freaking out. Maybe my best content pillar ever. If you wanna get your questions on it, you can ask at 212-931-5731 on my community app. That's where we're taking the questions from, and what I mean by that is you ask the question there, use hashtag T with Gary V, and then somebody from my team goes in there and contacts you and actually gets you to be in the prompt for asking the question on the show in video form on Zoom, which is the infrastructure I'm using to then distribute out to Facebook. T with Gary V, the new smash hit show, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern. West Coast, wake up at that 5.45 time, brush your teeth and get on it. We got a lot of West Coast people on it. Hope you enjoy it. Hope I see you there. Love you guys. See ya. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. What up, podcast? For today's episode, Gary hops on a Zoom call with Team Gary V strategist Rogoff. They talk about strategies to navigate the entrepreneurship and business world in this time and why innovation matters right now. So make sure to hit them up and leave a review to let us know what you thought, and I hope you enjoy. Questions about uh, entrepreneurship strategies and what they can do in this current situation. Um, yep. <clears throat> what is it? What is it about this time that makes telling stories a good idea versus other times? Or like, do you think it's always a good idea? What What is it about our current environment that makes I that think more? Yeah, I think it's always a good idea. They're time consuming by nature. They they don't create immediate business results often. But what I like about it is. We don't have a lot of things we can do. There's a lot of people that can't do content for their business because they physically need their being to be in their business to do it. So if you own a restaurant and you know you might not be able to get to or a warehouse or things that you might not be able to get to the restaurant or like cook at the restaurant, you don't have the ingredients that you normally have to cook every meal, which would be something that I want every restaurant to do. So what I like about it is whether you're a lawyer, a cook, a personal trainer, um, an event business, a caddy, a, a tennis trainer, like there's so many people that can't do anything other than tell stories. So what do I like about it? It's practical and 99% of businesses have not told their origin story. I'm looking for comic book number one through 30. I'm looking for album number one through six. Most people, 99% have not done album one through six. Only nine, 90% haven't done album one. Like, why are you a financial advisor? People buy from people. This is the chance for everybody to document their truth and their story. I think it's time for story time. You also talk about innovation. <clears throat> like, what... Do you think that a lot of those businesses that are stuck at home, like restaurants, barbershops, like what kinds of things do you think that those types of companies can do innovation-wise in addition to telling stories to bring in new revenue if they have to make money right now? Innovations that everyone's going through right now. One is marketing innovation. So now all of a sudden, you know, this is your time to actually learn how to run Facebook ads or Instagram ads or make content. So that's an innovation. You go away from being a direct mail or joining the Chamber of Commerce or you know, uh, outdoor media, and you're now actually finally taking Instagram ads or TikTok content or 
YouTube channel seriously so that you can innovate your comms. The other innovation is innovation of direct-to-consumer and and local delivery. There are so many restaurants that are finally now taking Grubhub and Uber Eats seriously. There's there's people that um, I was on a Zoom this morning on Tea with Gary Vee with somebody who has an ice cream store, and I pushed her. I'm like, it's time. Figure out the ice packs. Figure out the packaging. You need to send pints of ice cream around the country because nobody's coming to Clearwater, Florida right now buying ice cream. So DTC, aka shipping your shit. Let me give you an example of something somebody wouldn't think about. A barber can't cut hair. Most barbers have scissors, razors, soaps, and other ointments in their barbershop. Today is the day to create the Shopify account that sells the 29 products you have in your store, right? And is gonna lead to an extra 500 bucks to 4,000 bucks a month in sales when we get back, and that's an incredible thing. Yep, awesome. What about <clears throat> what about bigger companies, like someone like a hotel or like a travel industry? Like what, what can they do right now, innovation-wise? Um, so again, story time for them. This is exactly when the CEO of the Hilton should be doing a Zoom interview and recording a conversation with the master sommelier that they employ. Then another hour with the head of like events to talk about why their rooms are like, this is commercial time. This is storytelling time. Like every CEO has probably 14 to 75 meaningful executives that run their organization. They should do a one hour interview story time with them. And, you know, we, this is how it actually works. You know, I stumble across a video in my uh, in my feed on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, and it's the CEO of, of of the Marriott Group interviewing their sommelier, which captures my intention. And all of a sudden, subconsciously, VaynerMedia is booking rooms at the Marriott versus the Kimpton. I mean, that's just real life. And so, from sommelier to event coordinator to concierge to bell service, I mean, even if even if like, and then if you have like creative juices, whoever's the head of like. Uh, room services, just telling funny stories of like when they walked into a room one time and there was a tiger in there or 5,000 empty bottles of champagne or just something to like lighten the mood too. Um, and obviously every brand has its, you know, kind of DNA of like, are they fun? Are they serious? But this is story time. I mean, I want to know the chef. I want to know, I want to speak to the bartender. Like I legitimately might book a Weston in Dallas because I liked the bartender in that video and I wanted to try the Weston whistle, a drink that she made up in the Dallas Weston. You're always one story away from changing the trajectory of, you know, Theodore Roosevelt is really known because he was a great storyteller. That is literally why he's a president we know. You know, like that's real life. So it's, it's story time. Do you think that there's like other revenue streams that would be more practical for them? Or do you feel like that's less practical than just creating more content? Look, innovation comes in a lot of, let's go back to hotels. Innovation comes in the fact that you donate your rooms right now to health professionals. And that leads to a PR story and everybody feels warmer towards, right? Warmer towards the, the XYZ hotel, you know, the Lowe's hotel in New York because they are helping, you know, uh, health professionals with free rooms. Like, um, so there's, it's actually doing that in New York. That's right. And so like, 
as you can imagine, you could be the one that does that in New Orleans as New Orleans is now starting to become a hot zone. So there's innovation in kind of like giving. There's innovation in like, you know, by the way, here's one for the CNBC crowd. How about all the executives that are not practitioners becoming practitioners? This is exactly the time to sit down and spend three hours and place a Facebook ad if you're a CMO. And oh, by the way, I know the dirty secret. 80% of CMOs have never placed an actual Facebook ad themselves. So like, this is the time to actually become practitioners because so many of the CNBC crowd have become so high level executives, they're not in the trenches anymore. So that's another innovation. Um, by the way, why can't the Hilton become a brand that does deliver food from their, you know, from their room service and becomes like, could you imagine like, you know, four seasons room service became something that shows up in your seamless during this time. There's just so many ideas that could come up. Obviously I'm coming to the realization that I was built for ideas. I do them in real time in meetings. I always took that for granted. It was a natural skill that I wasn't able to observe. So I can do it right now in this interview, but the reality is that's what it's going to require. Awesome. You talked about um, like selling during this time. Like if you're a salesperson or an entrepreneur that has to hit a quota still in this time, how would you go about selling? Um, first, uh, very uh, thoughtfully, because if you're tone deaf, you're finished, right? You can lose as much business as you get during this time by being tone deaf going in for the ask. Uh, so I think upfront compassion and up, upfront hedging uh, but not to the tone of begging is really the tone you're trying to hit. Um, but I think, listen, I think the greatest salespeople in the world are actually branding and storytellers that lead to sales versus cold emailing everybody on LinkedIn and via email. So um, uh, something we're doing at Vayner is we're sending out bottles of wine to executives and doing Zoom wine tastings, you know, just like happy virtual happy hours where we're shooting the shit and, and that's, that is half, you know, sales, half relationship building for the long term. And so I think, um, with compassion for the buyer because it's unsettling times. Got it. Cool. That's all I have for that article. That's awesome. awesome. Gary, thank you. I'll let you guys go. Talk to you later. Bye. Awesome. I got one more article, a few more questions for you on, uh, Let's go. providing free content to get paid access. Um, so as a business model, why do you prefer, why do you prefer access as opposed to like a product or a course, or do you prefer access? Like, how do you think about that relative to other monetization options? I love access. Um, I, cause I think it's valuable and I think just eBooks or memberships that just send you written or audio or video information are actually stunningly commoditized because there's so much uncomfortable free good information on the internet what you can't replicate is getting an hour with ragov you know so like ragov can start a how i wrote for gary v course and how do you write for top entrepreneurs and it's a good 19 dollar book or 19 dollar a month thing cool but getting an hour of your time once a week or once a month is so much greater because in that Q&A while you're talking to that closed group, somebody may ask you and you tell a funny story about me and, and more importantly, it leads to the breakthrough. So access is not scalable. Thus, inherently, it's valuable to the other person on the other line. Like, it's like more... a lot of what I've said, a lot of what I've said on T with Gary B the last 
week. I've said before, but because I'm giving so much access to that person, it's resonating and giving them value. You're able to take something that's generic that you put out and make it more contextual to that specific person. That's the value. That's you see that as the value of access versus a product or a course or something like that. I sure do. And serendipity. That person may ask you something randomly, maybe a wine advice on the way out, you know, like maybe, you know, how to deal with your father. Like, you know, like there's in access, you are living and breathing. So you're able to react to something, thus providing even more value. It's also supply and demand. You can't get an hour with me one-on-one. That's just not real. Whereas everybody can get unlimited information from me. More importantly, other people get entrepreneurs information for free all over the internet for the rest of life. So a lot of people are selling something that is a commodity and all they're doing it is through cult of personality. But like the actual thing is commodity, whereas access is so uncomfortably unique, so uncomfortably limited by nature, then so uncomfortably valuable. Got it. Yeah. What? So it's easy to think about that in the context of like, like, like people who put out content, content creators, like is there any other kind of business that you feel like that's suited to? How would you apply that to other other areas? Well, that is the business of being a doctor. I'm observing, that is the business of being a lawyer. It's like, it actually plays out in a lot of other places. I could put out law content for free all day long, but I'm providing you a service to like actually consult you. Uh, uh, A therapist, um, a financial advisor, like all of these people could put out the, I'm a therapist, but I'm just putting out generic things. I'm telling you about parenting and insecurity and all those things, but I have to really sit down with you, Raghav, for an hour and really talk about your childhood. And so that, that, I, I mean, that's actually why it's so obvious that it's valuable. Got it. Is there, it seems like it, it kind of like, I guess, doesn't, Dan- like it, it doesn't like come at the expense of brand as much as like selling a product or something else too, right? Like, is it? Right. What do you think? Um, you got it. Like, even as you're thinking through it, the reason I believe in it is I don't, you know, I believe that it puts your brand in a much better position. It also allows you when you sell content, it means all your free content usually is just sales content to drive to the paid content. When you sell access you're just putting out your best content because that's not what you're monetizing. You're monetizing individual contextual, you know, access, which then makes your original content so much greater because the energy intent DNA seed of that content is inherently better because it's not a sales funnel. It's actually just the best fucking content you have. Yeah, that makes sense. Like it's the hardest to copy because it's the most, it's the most narrow thing that you can do. Correct. And it's just like, just the good intent of that free creative it, like I watch everybody who eventually who like builds community on this hypothesis comes from experience. I've watched so many people that are crush it when they don't think about monetizing their content. And then the second went to a hundred dollar a month club or a paywall product, all of a sudden you can just tell all their normal content has taken a turn and has become almost manipulative sales and subconsciously manipulated. They think they're doing the same thing, but in the back of their mind, they're like, in this hour, I'd like to get 14 people to sign up for my membership. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that's just how they behave. You know, it's no different than if you're hanging out with somebody from the, uh, somebody you're, you're attracted to versus somebody you're not attracted to, you know, it just, it affects everything that comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. That's all I got. When you have a, 
you have a selfish goal in mind, one is incapable of actually bringing as much value than when you have a selfless ambition in mind. Because you're always thinking about that, not like the... Yeah, there is no the reason my content... The reason I'm winning is because I'm like pouring my heart and trying to give an answer to that person for the actual answer and for all the people watching that are like that, not keep it as a cliffhanger that makes her want more than to pay ninety nine ninety nine a month to be part yeah. of the Gary Vee world. Yeah, it's hard to win on that too, like because there's so many people that you can, people can always give more and more and more away like for free. So it's like it's hard to actually win on that. That's right. I mean, there's also YouTube and podcasts and the internet. It's really, really, really hard to have paid content that isn't replicated somewhere else. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Especially if you're tactic. Especially if you're tactics. Yeah. You're a commodity. Yeah. It's all YouTube. Cool. Thanks so much, Gary. See ya. Love See ya. Bye. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people. You know, it's so funny. People that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much. And even more fun, because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm gonna have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So Dean, take it away. Which were our favorites this week? Thank you, Gary. Today's reviews, Goat and Heat, written by BSHR600 and Rob TTMN say, the greatest podcast of all time and best in the game. Thank you both so much for writing in and remember, keep leaving reviews because yours could be next.